This is bringing light into darkness. Monday news and analysis. This is September 16th, 2019. This is track two of three. The rivalry between Iran and Saudi Arabia is nothing new. It goes back to 1960s and even 1950s. Even when the Shah of Iran was in power before the Iranian Revolution of 1979, even though both Iran and Saudi Arabia were supposedly allies of the United States, there was a fierce rivalry between the two countries. And uh, Saudi Arabia regime has always hated Iran and Iranians. This is a well-known and well-documented fact. But what President Trump has done is completely siding with Saudi Arabia regime and basically inflaming what already existed between the two countries. President Obama was trying to lower the tension uh, in the Middle East, uh, lower tension between Iran and Saudi Arabia. And as he put it once, uh, the two countries have to share the region uh, with each other. But President Trump has sided with Saudi Arabia regime has closed his eyes on all the crimes that this regime has been committing, not only against Iran and Iranian people, but also against the poor Yemeni people. As you correctly pointed out at the beginning of your program, since March 29, 2015, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and their allies, with logistical support of the United States, United Kingdom, and France, have been savagely attacking Yemen. As you said, thousands of tens of thousands of people uh, have been killed. Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates have been bombing intentionally markets, schools, and farms. And this is a country that imported 90% of its food before the war. Mm -hmm. And since then, all the farms have been ravaged with bombs. And as you pointed out, 75% of the people actually need humanitarian aid. The United Nations warned that what Saudi Arabia has been doing amounts to war crimes. Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch also said that what Saudi Arabia has been doing in Yemen amounts to war crimes. So if you're going to talk about the attack on Saudi oil installation in Baghdad, in eastern part of Saudi Arabia, we have to put it in the larger context of what's happening in the Middle East, in the Persian Gulf, and in Yemen. We cannot separate these two from each other. As you pointed out excellently, people of Yemen have been living under bombing of Saudi Arabia for the past four and a half years. It was obvious that at some point they would equip themselves with some sort of defensive weapons so that they can retaliate for Saudi attacks. At the same time, you have to remember that Saudi Arabia has bought over $200 billion worth of weapons, most modern weapons from the United States and United Kingdom and France, and has been using it against the people of Yemen, has used it for uh, supporting terrorist groups in Syria. And Saudi Arabia has been supporting some terrorist groups that have tried to infiltrate Iran over the past several years to carry out terrorist attacks. For example, on the southeastern border of Iran with Pakistan, there is a radical Sunni terrorist group that have been supported by Saudi Arabia, and they have staged some attacks inside Iran and have killed tens of, tens of uh, innocent people by their attack. Mm -hmm. In southwestern province of Iran, Khuzestan, where most of Iran oil fields are, some terrorist attacks have been carried out 
with encouragement of Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates. So if you are going to consider the problem of attacking Saudi oil installation, we have to put it in the right context. And the right context is what's happening in the entire Middle East, partly as a result of the Trump administration policy towards Iran. So there is no greater terrorist nation or nation that promotes terrorism, as we know, than Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's that's been pretty self-evident for anyone that really wants to do any amount of research with these Sunni extremists and, and such. And you're saying that Iran has actually been victimized by some of these terrorist groups. I also wanted to just add and ask you to speak to that as far back as August, the Moon of Alabama site was reporting that Saudi Arabia apparently had little or no defense against new weapons that the Houthis in Yemen had acquired. And and these weapons were drones launched by the Houthi rebels. And they attacked a, a massive oil and gas field deep inside of Saudi Arabia back in August 2019, causing what the kingdom described as limited fire, quote unquote, in the second such recent attack on its crucial energy industry. In other words, it showed its capacity to penetrate the southern, apparently the southern defenses there. And I know that they have Patriot missiles and those types of things, but there had been successful attacks already being launched to oil fields in Saudi Arabia. And the the Saudi had acknowledged that the rebels in August launched these drones that had bombs that targeted, it was, it was like the biggest ever operation. They threatened more attacks would be coming, the Houthis did. I mean, they wanted to make, it appears to me, that if you're going to continue to just do this unlimiting bombing and carnage of Yemen that's been going on for the last four years, there's going to be increasingly a price to pay. In fact, in July of 2019, these new drones and missiles were displayed by the Yemeni Houthi allied armed forces. So I don't want to shift the discussion, but I do want to indicate that clearly the capabilities of what just happened these past few days, much farther and deeper into the Saudi territory, seem like it very clearly could have been done by these Houthis. I totally agree. And let me point out that the drone technology is actually cheap to obtain, and drones are easy to assemble. At the same time, we have to remember that, as you pointed out, we have known for quite some time that the Houthis were gathering the expertise for responding to attacks by Saudi Arabia. Now, one point that has always been emphasized by the Trump administration is that Iran supports the Houthis. Since I said that we have to put the attacks on Saudi oil installation in the proper context, then we should also talk about Iran's help to Houthis. Before the war started in Yemen, Iran was not a player in Yemen. The Houthis are considered a branch of Shia Islam. But before the, the war began in Yemen, the Houthis were considered even by some major Shiite clerics in Iran and Iraq, which are the centers of Shia Islam, as not true Muslims or true Shiites. So they were completely independent of Tehran or other Shiite powers such as Iraq. When the war started in Yemen, when Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates and their allies uh, attacked Yemen, thinking that they can overrun Yemen in, in a couple of months, then, of course, 
Iran found an opportunity to make a bloody nose for Saudi Arabia in return for all the crimes that Saudi regime has committed against Iranian people. So it is quite possible that actually Iran did help Houthis to some extent to obtain the drone technology. But at the same time, the Houthis and their allies within Yemen constitute about 65% of the total population, and they have a right to defend themselves. Let me ask you this real quick, Dr. Sahimi. So I don't think there's any doubt that Iran has, over these last several years of this conflict, gotten involved and helped with perhaps design and those types of things. But I guess what really disturbs me is that it's never put in the context of the, what, $300 billion we've given to Saudi Arabia's military to bomb the... Precisely. uh, Yeah, please elaborate on that, and, and we'll take a break here in just a couple of minutes. Yes, we have to remember that although Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates Air Force carry out these bombings, but as Bruce Rydell, who was a senior official with the CIA for decades, put it last year, he said that if the United States and United Kingdom tell Saudi Arabia that the war in Yemen should end, the war will end the day after. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it, Rydell said, was that Saudi Arabia Air Force cannot operate without uh, the help of United States and United Kingdom. And they've they've been getting that logistical support from the United Kingdom and the United States over the last four years. Exactly. And and without it, they could not have carried out all these war crimes that they have been committing in Mm -hmm. Yemen. But what I wanted to point out was that although, you know, everybody points to Iran as helping Houthis, but as I was saying, before the war in Yemen started, Iran wasn't a player in Yemen. As New York Times put it at that time, it said that Saudi Arabia started the war because it accused Iran of wanting to interfere in Yemen, whereas Iran wasn't interfering in Yemen. But after the war started, Iran saw an opportunity to, you know, to hurt Saudi Arabia, and of course it provided some help to, uh, to Houthis. There is no question about it. But we also have to remember that Yemen is completely surrounded by Saudi Arabia and its allies, as well as the U.S. Navy in the region. Mm-hmm. So the possibility that Iran could actually send weapons to the Houthis is very, very slim. Iran may have provided technical support to teach them how to make these things, as a way of countering what Saudi Arabia has been doing uh, against Iran in, in the region. But what the Houthis have built and have been using against Saudi Arabia is basically indigenous. They have built it inside Yemen. And as you said at the beginning of your program, they actually showed it to foreigners what they have built. So this was basically a self-fulfilling prophecy by Saudi Arabia, as the New York Times put it, that after the war started, Iran saw an opportunity to hurt Saudi Arabia and therefore started giving some help to the Houthis. Before that, Iran not only was not in Yemen, but also Yemen has no strategic value to Iran's national security. Iran does not have any vested interest in Yemen. The interest that Iran has is the war in Yemen that has, been, that has become a quagmire for Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and even to some extent us, the United States, 
because we have been helping them to carry out these war crimes and we cannot detach ourselves from it. Even though Congress tried to put a stop to what we give Saudi Arabia, technical help and other help to carry out this war in Yemen, the Senate prevented it. So when we talk about all of these, we have to consider all aspects of this. Absolutely. What the Saudi regime yeah. has been doing mm-hmm. against Iran in the region, against Yemen, and all of that, what the Trump administration has been doing, the pressure that the Trump administration has been putting on Iran, the policy that has prevented Iran to export its oil, going from 2.7 million barrels of oil per day to less than 300,000 barrels of oil per day, cutting something like 50% of all Iranian government you know, income to help people. And in fact, there was a report just today that Iranian people are having difficulty to meet their food needs, partly as a result of the sanctions that have been advocated by Saudi Arabia and, of course, Israel against Iran and carried out by the Trump administration against Iran. So we have to put all of this in the proper context and we have to consider all aspects of this problem in order to get a good understanding of what's going on. Well, I think it's also really important to point out that not only the 9-11 purveyors of the terrorist act in New York City came from overwhelmingly from Saudi Arabia, but also as we've documented on this show and that you've you know, talked about in the past as well, the overwhelming support for these al-Qaeda elements in, in Syria came from the Saudi Arabia. They are supporting, they are promoting, they are arming. They're an intermediary, really, because they're getting all their money and military aid from the United States. This is the real crime that goes completely unreported. And so in the context of all of this terrorist activity that Saudi Arabia is directly responsible for, it's completely ignored. The drones and missiles, this is again referring back to uh, the Moon of Alabama's report we were talking about. The drones and missiles the Houthis use are copies of the Iranian designs, as you've indicated was probably the possibility. And they were assembled in Yemen with the help of Hezbollah experts from Lebanon, according to the Moon of Alabama and such. So when you're f- trying to fight against a genocide, and then to claim that these drones, which are kind of archaic when you compare it to the, you know, the, the hundreds of billions of dollars of, of military armaments and, and such that the Saudis are receiving from the West, it seems like a ridiculous argument. Listen, we need to take a quick break, Dr. Sahimi, to take care of some business. Please stay with us. We're speaking with the, the esteemed professor uh, at the University of Southern California, Dr. Mohammed Sahimi. This is 91.7 KOOP right here in Austin, Texas, and this is bringing light into darkness. Uh, I forgot to thank Aaron, our engineering team member tonight, for being part of the show. Uh, We'll be back right after this.